listening to the Night Demon Network. Go to nightdemon.net slash subscriber to unlock more exclusive content. Every weeknight, it's Buzz After Dark. You like that? With Eric Steele. Hang out with me Monday through Friday from 7 to midnight for the Buzz After Dark. It's kind of like the Titanic, except instead of three hours to sink, it takes five hours. Breaks come out at night, that's for sure. The Buzz After Dark. After Dark. All night long. Awesome tunes, clothing optional. You enjoy the ride. Weeknight 7 to midnight on 1029 The Buzz. Bill's Rock Station. Hello, and welcome to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Nesbitt. This episode, we're going to be discussing the opening track from the 2017 album Darkness Remains. This is episode number five, Welcome to the Night. So, on April 21st, 2017, Night Demon's full-length album, Darkness Remains, was released. But six weeks before the album, Night Demon releases the lead single from the album, Welcome to the Night. So, Welcome to the Night was released on March 3rd, 2017, six weeks before the album. It's three minutes and 51 seconds long, but there's a cool intro to set the song up that lasts a little over a minute. So... The album has 10 songs, average song length around 3 minutes, 45 seconds. So this song, if you include the intro, is about average length for the album. If you don't include the intro, it's one of the shortest on the album, which is strange because the song seems very epic, despite its length. There's a cool intro, and then it kicks in with these killer guitar hits to kick the song off. It has this really thrashy feel once it kicks in, not quite a gallop. But uh, there's a cool bridge there, there's timing changes, there's killer, drumming, and guitar work. It's a lot going on in a short period of time. Here's Dusty. Pretty short song. I mean, the intro is a little over a minute, I believe, and then the song itself is only about two minutes and 30 seconds. Um, You get everything you need in a song in just that little amount of time, and I think that that's one cool thing that um, we do often is just pack a punch in a short amount of time. Um, but get all the parts that you need for a good song in there Um, and then kind of arrange them in a certain way and then hit different accents and um, doing different fills and uh, following each other throughout the sections and everybody kind of taking the floor whenever um, it calls for it. Like Dusty said, there's a lot going on in this track and we're going to completely break it down. The lyrics have a cool story behind them too. There's a very cool music video released for this track we're also going to get into. There's a lot of history to this track. Again, we'll get into all of that, but first let's go back to the beginning and how the song came to be. So 
this song, Welcome to the Night, I'll start it with a really great riff. It's a great way to kick off an album, and it's a really important track for the album, but it wasn't the first song written for the album. Here's Jarvis. Really, it kind of kicked off what the whole vibe of the album would be like. Welcome to the Night is definitely, I mean, it's the leadoff track of the record, first of all, but really the theme of it all has everything to do with Darkness Remains. And truth be told, it was really one of the final songs that was written um, thematically and lyrically. So although this is track one on Darkness Remains, this this to us is the clincher that kind of brought everything together, which is kind of funny because on Curse of the Damned, that's exactly what happened with Screams in the Night and Mastermind. I mean, those were afterthoughts, those songs. And Screams in the Night ended up being the leadoff single. And really, I mean, kind of what that album is is known for to a lot of people. And when your day job is playing in a band, but it doesn't pay you any money, it's really awesome when you can have a great riff like this and a great song. That's what always makes it worth it in the end. So the riff itself came from Brent Woodward, the original guitarist and one of the founding members of Night Demon. We have mentioned him in past episodes, and we'll cover more of the history of the band in upcoming episodes. But if you don't recall, Night Demon was actually founded in May of 2011 by Jarvis and Brent. So this is a riff that goes back to that era of the band and one of Brent Woodward's riff tapes. If I remember Brent having something on his riff tape, had that feel, dink, dink, dink. And I think it might have been even the second part of that riff was on there. But I remember the, th- the three of us working on it. I think actually he and I might, may have worked on that at, at his house. We would just sit in his bedroom sometimes. And like, it's like, how fucking old are we? You know? But no, it was cool. I mean, that was, the, that was a great thing about the band at that time. We still had, it's weird. We, we were early in our career, I guess you, you could say. Um, but we still had this nostalgic feel for what we were doing. I think it just made us feel like kids again especially Brent and myself, just playing this kind of music and really going for it. And so sitting on the bed, electric guitars, no amps, <laughs> uh, sometimes a little practice amp. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I remember fleshing that out at the practice space. And um, those were really interesting times. Um, it's funny being in a pandemic, you kind of, I kind of feel like those times were a little bit like this. We were a little bit more optimistic then. But, uh, you know, we had no jobs and we were just kind of, I guess, waiting to go on tour again. We had some plans, but we had a big gap. And um, I know that uh, all of us really kind of wanted to be home for a little while. So we would just get together every day and rehearse like that was our job. Um, But, uh, you know, then there's a pressure to write songs. But he came in with a good riff on this one. So this song starts as a riff and has the working title of Midnight Strike. But Midnight Strike was much more than just a potential song name. Midnight Strike was initially going to be so much more than just one kick-ass heavy metal song. Truth be told, the real title of the song, the first title I should say, not the real title, was Midnight Strike. And that was potentially going to be the title of the album. 
which became Darkness Remains. And we wrote a movie script called Midnight Strike. And we had a whole story behind it. And when that didn't materialize, we really just wanted to keep the idea of that story going and have that storyline and at least have those characters represented somewhere on the album. And that's what Welcome to the Night became. At a certain point, I had tapped on the shoulder of my good friend Travis Mock, who was a great film director and who I had worked with in the past on some music videos and stuff. But he was a great guy and he's got good vision and he knows how to run a good crew. And at that point, he brought in a a screenwriter by the name of uh, Brian Whalen. And he was also a really awesome guy. So we would get together on some nights and have some really great writing sessions. They would go on through the night. Uh, A little too long, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, hey, you got to unwind sometimes, right? So the song and the concept of Midnight Strike starts to develop. But the film idea never quite sees the light of day. They write a treatment, a screenplay, a script, but the movie of Midnight Strike doesn't get made. Sony Records did not see the value in the film, and uh, they didn't want to finance it. And I mean, that's just how it is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and and be upset with them for that. I mean, they signed us to a recording contract, right? Not to make movies, so. Um, I'm not going to say that I regret not making that film, but if that opportunity or that idea was here with me today, there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing that. So the film doesn't pan out, but the themes and the idea of Midnight Strike live on. And will the movie ever see the light of day? Uh, I think it would be very cool if it did. And I wouldn't count it out. Here's Jarvis. There's quite a few things in the history of this band that we still bring out today as new. And a lot of people don't know that, but there's a lot of ideas that have stemmed from the past in this band. And there was a lot of creative concepts that came up very early on that we just wrote down in a notebook. I still have the first night demon notebook. And sometimes I just look in it and go, Oh yeah, we haven't done that yet. Let's do that hey, we're still here and there's a lot more story to tell and we love revisiting old things. So the band has an idea. We nurture those ideas and we go for it and we see it through and we like to finish them as much as we can. So uh, who knows? I wouldn't give up hope on this movie being made at some point. These three guys in this band, they seem like they get things done when they set their minds on something. So if they set their sights on this movie in the future, man, I, I gotta say, I wouldn't be surprised if it sees the light of day. So Midnight Strike may not be a movie or an album title, but once Night Demon lays it down as a track, it makes a kick-ass demo. So here is the first recorded demo of the song that at the time had the working title of Midnight Strike.
Now, keep in mind the full versions of all of these demos are available for subscribers at nightdemon.net slash subscriber. So you can see in that first demo, the initial riff is in place. The structure is pretty much there, but it's very different from the final version that would become Welcome to the Night. The bass is a lot more busy in places, which is kind of cool to hear. The bass actually plays some of what would eventually become the guitar harmonies. And it is kind of cool to hear these early versions. Kind of gives you a glimpse into the process and how the songs evolve. But one of the biggest changes for this song is the entrance of Armand John Anthony. When he joins the band and puts his spin on the song, it completely changes. So here's another demo of the song. By this time, the working title has become The Fight Goes On. So this version with Armand, it's a lot more complete sounding. You get the guitar harmonies in place. Some of the fills are in place. Overall, to me, it just sounds a lot more aggressive and mean. fight goes on. You know, it's funny because I don't remember that whatsoever. I don't ever remember calling the song that. Um, but I would assume that, you know, sometimes I'll come up with working titles of songs based on the amount of syllables that I think I might want to sing. So this song, now known as The Fight Goes On, sounding more complete. There's a lot of cool guitar fills in there and the harmonies, like I mentioned. Still no lyrics, still no vocals. But in the Night Demon archives, I've dug up another version of this demo, The Fight Goes On, where Jarvis has put down some scratch vocals. And you can see where the name The Fight Goes On comes from. The lyrics are slightly different, and it's kind of cool to hear his first take on laying down a vocal track. Again, these are just scratch vocals.
I find hearing early versions of songs like this, I find it very fascinating. I love hearing the idea of a song kind of uh, grow and change and gradually become what it would become on the album. And even in this early version, this early demo, you can hear, you know, the, the songwriting, the hooks that Jarvis is capable of putting into these songs. So I've read reviews of this song on the internet a lot of people uh, throw out these comparisons. They're like, this could be off Killers. Uh, you know, a ma- it could be an early Maiden song. I get that the feeling is very similar, but this song has such a strong vocal hook. So this whole album is just vocal hook after vocal hook. I think that's part of what makes Night Demon stand out a lot over a lot of other bands in their scene. They have the vibe and the riffs and all that, but they really hit you with these vocal hooks. Hold on Don't let go What is up, Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast listeners? This is your resident motor mouth, Jarvis Leatherby, telling you about something very, very special here. The Decibel Hall of Fame Anthology, Volume 3. This is a book, guys. That's right. We all know Decibel Magazine as the number one metal magazine in North America for many years running. But you know what? They also have a fucking killer book series, okay? I want to tell you about this. The Decibel Hall of Fame Anthology Volume 3. This limited edition hardcover includes 25 Hall of Fame stories from Decibel's revered monthly series of artist interviews on the making of their classic extreme music albums. Featured in this book are stories behind classic albums such as Stained Class by Judas Priest, Apocalyptic Raids from our good buddy Tom Warrior's Hellhammer, Pleasure to Kill from Teutonic German Terror Creator. Court in the Act from the legendary new wave of British heavy metal gods, Satan. And of course, Abigail from the legendary King Diamond. And last but not least, Night Demon's personal favorite, Heartwork from the only other band from Liverpool, Carcass. So guys, please head on over right now to store.decibelmagazine.com and grab a copy to read the definite stories of Heavy Metal's definitive albums. Put in the promo code NIGHTDEMON upon checkout to receive 10% off. That's NIGHTDEMON, one word, all capital letters, 
Get your 10% store.decibelmagazine.com. While you're there, guys, go ahead and grab a subscription of the Mag 2. They've got a great vinyl flexi series. Do yourselves a favor here. Get on the level. Store.decibelmagazine.com. Promo code NIGHTDEMON. See ya. So like I was saying, the vocal hooks on this song in particular, it's just so catchy. And then when they add the harmonies to it, it just takes it up to this whole new level. Hold on! Don't let go! The time has come to be who you are! You have arrived! Welcome to the night! So the vocals on this track have a cool echo effect on them. Even the vocals that don't have the harmonies. And they get this effect using something called a Roland Space Echo. So it's an analog effects unit from the 70s. It uses analog tape to make an echo. So I read all about it and it's, it basically records your incoming audio to a loop of magnetic tape. And then it replays this continuous loop over the playback to give this echo effect. And then it kind of re-records the new incoming audio back over it and just loops and gives you this really cool echo effect. In the dark, you hear it calling out to you. Carries us the power flowing through. I think it's a really cool effect and it sounds really cool. Part of what gives Night Demon its like vintage vibe and people always say they have this new wave of British heavy metal feel, is the use of analog and vintage equipment. I may get Armand to do a future episode about, like, Night Demon gear, uh, but that's for another day. But that's basically the vocals, and I really love hearing the song kind of develop without vocals, getting the scratch vocals, laying on the echo effects, and hearing those vocals from the final version. Uh, it's really cool. I get a huge kick out of this stuff. Another thing that I really want to shed some light on is Dusty's drumming on this track. The drumming on Welcome to the Night, it's really something that the more attention you pay to it, the more you realize how much the drumming on this track really elevates it to this level. I mean, it's a great song, but the drumming really, really affects the tone of the song. Dusty's playing on this one is really intense. He really pushes the song full speed ahead. No pun intended. Yeah, I laid the drum tracks down um, with all three of us in the room. Um, our buddy Roger engineered the record. Basically, we were just trying to capture all of the energy with all three of us in the room, whether they kept any of their guitar bass stuff or not. Um, we record a little differently now. But um, I remember just, you know, having to go in there and nail it. And we really were focusing on just getting the energy right. That's another thing that gives Night Demon its cool vintage classic metal vibe. Recording all in the same room, it really brings out the chemistry of the band playing together. You really get that emotion and that feel. Dusty really nailed this take. It's got this really thrashy beat for the first part.
high energy, it really propels the song, and it sounds cool. It's kind of thrashy. It's not quite a gallop. Uh, I'll let Dusty explain it. Yeah, so the intro, you know, you just come in with the big hits, and then as soon as the riff kicks in, that bass slide comes in, and I'm just, I'm right in with a little snare roll, and then it's a, you know, classic new wave of British heavy metal type beat. Um, I call it the pre-thrash beat because it's not quite like uh, the thrashy beat that we play in Vesteria now or the thrashy beat that you've heard Metallica play time and time again. So pre-thrash. I kind of like that term. I'm probably going to steal it and use it. Another thing I love about the drumming is how it changes up slightly every so many bars. So you get some variety, but it still sticks to the same feel. This is the kind of drumming I was talking about that takes a song up to another level. I can't express enough how much the drumming affects this song and the whole album. Yeah, just all just a little bit of change going on there. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a, um, a progression from anything on Curse. Um, that whole album was a progression for me personally as a player, just having to get pushed every day when we were writing these songs to um, come up with something that we hadn't done before. Um, and I was maturing as a player and understanding how to fill, when to fill, how to work with the, the, with the guys and, you know, translating what they're hearing because they're hearing things that I'm not hearing because I'm concentrating on fundamentals and technique and blah, blah, blah. So it definitely helped to have their their um, input. Another cool little detail is the fill at the end of the chorus. Um, I'll play it for you isolated and just listen to how cool this sounds. It's a cool fill, but it, what makes it cool is it fits into the song so well when you hear it in the full track. So this is a really good example of a perfect drum part that's really elevating a song. Listen to it in the context of the song and how it fits and suits and really pushes the song along. Again, it's a cool fill that really just takes the song up a notch. One last thing I want to point out in the song is there's another really cool fill. It's right before they go into the bridge. That was something that when we were writing the song, Jarvis just kind of said, hey, you know, there's like this open space here. You know, you should do some cool drum fills. So that's kind of where that idea came up. Um, and I just kind of translated the idea by doing what I f felt like it should sound like. Here's those fills isolated. And when you hear them isolated, it drives home not only how awesome du of a drummer Dusty is, but it really drives home how great the drums on this album sound. Anyway, here's those fills I was talking about.
man, I could listen to and talk about the drums on this album all day. Um, but I'm going to get into the guitars now. So we talked about the guitar riff that Brent Woodward came up with. Um, Armand plays it a little different, and it really kicks ass. It's a little more aggressive. It kind of has this, like, chugging in it that wasn't in the original. It's a really great riff to begin with, but listen to Armand's spin on it. So from listening to the demos, you can really see how the different guitar players can give a riff a different feel. Armand's playing of the song has a very different feeling. Both are good. They both just have different styles. It's also not really fair to compare, you know, a, a, a riff played by one guitar player in a first demo recording to a final isolated guitar track from a studio. But you get my point that... Armand plays everything a little bit different with his own style. But when we were writing it, we wrote pretty much the bulk of the song with Brent. Um, I think we pretty much had everything worked out except for the guitar solos. Um, and then that's pretty much when Armand came in and went to town on that. And also kind of like played the riff in, in Armand's kind of way, you know, added a little bit of extra flair on there. Um, kind of dressed it up a little bit more than Brent. I think Brent's playing was a little more straight. So yeah, Armand, he adds some, I guess, what Dusty said, flair. Right away he starts changing a few things in the song, and they're small things, but they make a huge difference. For example, even when those first guitar hits come in, the way that Armand plays those, it just adds a lot of character to the beginning of the song. Here's a clip where I'll compare that part of the song from the two different demos with the two different guitar players. So holding that last chord for a little longer, it might not seem like a big deal, but little details like that can make a huge difference to the feel and the impact that the song has. You gotta hold that chord out. Again, great thing live because, you know, we kind of do a thing where we come out of that intro, the stage is black. You know, we go out on stages while it's black and we do those first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven hits, right? And then we turn around, face the crowd, and it's like, what's up, motherfuckers? Here we are. And then sometimes I'll, I'll milk it a little bit, kind of get the crowd going before I start the riff. You know, because that's what you got to do. That's, that's, that's why we're performers, professional performers. These are the kind of things that we do live to uh, keep the crowd going and keep them entertained and excited.
Hey guys, Jarvis jumping in here. I want to tell you about Shadow Kingdom Records. Shadow Kingdom was the first domestic label to release Night Demon on CD. They put out the EP in 2013 and they also released the vinyl version of Live Darkness. Listen, you guys need to get your ass to the Shadow Kingdom Records store, okay? Right now, they're offering 10% off for all Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast listeners. Just go to the website, put in the code Night Demon 10. That's Night Demon 10, all capital letters, Night Demon 10. No spaces. Put that promo code in upon checkout to get 10% off. Right now, guys, they have the Bloodstar 7 inch which has sold over 1,500 copies, and these guys cannot hold on to it. So this next pressing, you want to get that before it goes out, okay? Also, it's SKR Compilation Volume 1. Guys, this is free on Bandcamp. They're giving it away for free. So not only are you going to go to ShadowKingdomRecords.com and put in the code, all capital letters, no spaces, NightDemon10 upon checkout, you're also going to go to their Bandcamp site and get this compilation for free. You're going to hear tons of fantastic fucking heavy metal. If you love us, you're going to love this label. Check it out, shadowkingdomrecords.com. Put in the promo code NIGHTDEMON10 and receive 10% off of your entire order. Do it. For me, one of the guitar parts that Armand adds that makes the most difference, it has the biggest impact, is the guitar harmonies during the chorus. Uh, there's a melody line under there on the guitar that I came up with that wasn't in the original um, version of the song. And, of course, I had to do a harmony part with that. Thin Lizzy, Maiden, you know, all that good shit. That's the one thing about being a three-piece is that we can't do those necessarily live. But I wouldn't have it other, any other way because, you know, it's just the three of us up there. It works really well. But I do have ways where I can kind of play the notes at the same time on the one guitar. And it, it works pretty good. Gives you the idea. And if you're a big fan of the band and you know the song, you're going to hear the other part in your head anyway as we play it. So, Another really cool guitar detail that Armand sticks in there is there's this cool little guitar fill after the first chorus. And it really kicks ass. It's another little detail that kind of elevates the song up. It just sounds really cool. Uh, just kind of something that I would just come up off the cuff, you know? I think I, I that's something that I played while we were rehearsing, learning the song, and it just stuck, you know? Simple, not too, not too flashy, 
Sometimes you don't need to overthink those things. You just kind of go for it, and it comes out cool. When you listen back to the Fight Goes On demo, you can see that this initial guitar fill that Armand came up with, it really doesn't change that much since he came up with it on the fly. I'll mention it again. If you want to hear these entire demos, nightdemon.net slash subscriber. This whole album has really great guitar solos, and this song is no exception. It's another great solo on the song. It's another awesome example of Armand laying down his style. And it was, it was cool working with Brent and writing these songs, and then to have the new feel of Armand come in and put a different flavor on the songs. You know, you could definitely tell that we were heading in a different direction. Brent's great riff rider. Um, Armand, just a little bit more shreddy when it comes to the solos. You can tell that Armand grew up playing a lot more solos than Brent did. Find the key to unlock this piece from its cage. When you listen to the very first demo, you can see that Brent would leave space for a solo to be laid down, and by the time the song was recorded, it was Armand who was playing guitar and laying down the solos. One thing I found kind of surprising is if you hear the solo in the demo, it doesn't really change much by the time they record the album version. Here's a clip of the Fight Goes On demo with the album version solo laid on top of it. So this is both solos. Armand's first solo from the Fight Goes On demo played alongside the final album version solo. And you can see it doesn't change much at all, which is kind of cool because I guess his first idea for a solo for this song, it just fit the song so well. Why mess with it? Why mess with, uh, you know, perfection? Find the key to unlock this piece from its cage. That's a really great solo. It suits the song perfectly. One thing I love about guitar solos like this are when they're really melodic, they become such a big part of the song. You can almost sing or hum the solo and hear it in your head. Really iconic solos like this, they become such a part of the song that if you changed it, it just wouldn't sound right. It's, there's so much melody in there, and they're crafted with such attention to melody that they become like a vital part of the song. And a lot of Armand solos have that. There's this perfect build and then like release of tension. They're just great. And this is a really great example 
of another awesome Armand John Anthony solo. So Armand adds his style and his feel to the song, and also his tone. He's using a tube screamer overdrive into his amp. I'll let him explain in more detail. Yeah, the main uh, guitar tone is, uh, shit, what did I use? I, I know I used my, I have a an old Marshall 1968 Super Bass Plexi that has been modded by a guy that uh, modded amps for Eddie Van Halen back in the 80s, early 80s. Um, he was pretty pretty famous guy, repair guy down in Hollywood. And uh, when I joined the band, I was looking for another amp. You know, I really wanted something with the vintage vibe. And Jarvis brought up the idea of a friend of his, this guy Steve Sonnerborg, who had this amp. And he's knew, known him since he was in high school and stuff like that. And Steve teaches, he's a guitar teacher and stuff like that. and Kind of one of those dudes. And we ran into him at a show at the Ventura Theater one night, and he brought it up to him about this amp. He's like, hey, you still have that amp? You know, like, what's going on? Are you using that thing? What's up with it? You know, and he's like, well, you know, it's too much amp for me now. It's just sitting in my garage somewhere. You know, he's like playing weddings and stuff, so he can't have a 100-watt Marshall cranked up, you know, blowing everybody's heads off. So he hadn't been using it for a long time. So we decided to kind of like convince him to sell it to us and we would keep it in the family so and he gave it to me for a really 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 good price thanks steve again it's here if you ever need to use it you're more than welcome one day i gotta get you to play through it again record your band so yeah that was the main um guitar tone there i used a uh i have this other flying v it's funny, it's like a Japanese co- flying V copy made by a company called Bernie. It's kind of funny. But it's it's like a champagne sparkle um, that I ended up using on the record, mostly for the rhythm tracks. I think I used that and a uh, Edwards flying V for the two guitar tracks on that. I've never played that guitar live because it's a little too flashy for Night Demon. One of these days, I've thought about painting it black so I could use it because it's really cool and it sounds really good and it's on all the records. But I haven't gotten around to that yet. So we'll see what happens. Hey guys, Nesbitt here. If you'd like to support Night Demon and this podcast, the best way to do it is to become a Night Demon subscriber. Not only will you be doing your part to support a true heavy metal band out there really living it, you'll also gain access to a ton of extras. Bonus audio content, a subscriber-only merch store with rare items from the band's archives, you can stream never-before-heard demos and unearth live concerts from the live vaults, communicate with the other Night Demon diehards on an exclusive subscriber forum, and gain early access to all press releases, album pre-orders, new merchandise, and a ton more. And another thing that I think is pretty cool is Night Demon will be donating 10% of every subscription fee to the Metal Cares Foundation, which is a charitable fund the band started in 2014 to aid those in our metal community. So head over to nightdemon.net slash subscriber and join us as we make heavy metal history together as one. And on a side note, I'll personally think you're a great A badass. 
So the drumming and the guitar playing, they both have these little flourishes and flair that really push the song to another level. And the same is true for the bass playing. Right away, one of the things that sticks out to me on this song are there's some cool bass fills and little slides in there. Yeah, that bass slide I do when everything kicks in right after the intro. I don't know. I think I do that a lot. I love bass slides. I think that's kind of the Gene Simmons in me. Armand and I used to play in a Kiss tribute called Kissmas, and uh, <laughs> we were just like a holiday Kiss band. We just played during Christmas, but uh, that was a lot of fun. And you know, especially just I'm a, I'm a big Kiss fan, so learning all of those Gene Simmons bass lines they kind of stuck with me. And you can hear a lot of that in my playing and in Night Demon. And you could also, you know, people uh, there's there's some people that. Uh, that uh, give me some some Paul Stanley uh, comparisons. And, uh, you know, that's cool because I love Paul too. Uh, there's a guy in Texas who actually calls me Serious Paul. <laughs> but, yeah, that slide is really kind of like, just think about the slide at the beginning of Deuce. That's kind of that vibe. These little details may not seem like much, but they really add up and contribute to making the song as awesome as it is. With Night Demon being a three-piece, there's lots of space for people to contribute these little details. And I love it when the bass line gets a little bit busier. A good example of this that sticks right out to me is right before the bridge, Jarvis does this little walking bass part, and it sounds awesome. Yeah, and that little bass run that I do right before the bridge. I mean, that's just a cool little walking thing, but I like it because it goes down and then it goes up. You have arrived. Welcome to the night. I just like to keep it moving sometimes. I think that's really cool about... You know, being in a three-piece, sometimes if you have an open guitar chord that's just that's just sustaining out there, you it's it's nice to walk underneath it so that you could keep some backing. It's, it kind of keeps the rhythm of the song going, and the guitar, when it just hangs like that, it just gives an openness on top of it. Very cool song, cool instruments all around. One thing we haven't talked about yet is the lyrics. The lyrics in the song, they tell a story, and it's the story that plays out in the music video for Welcome to the Night. And rather than me try to explain them, I got Jarvis to sit down and give his explanation so you can get it right from the source. So as I've explained before, the lyrics of the song and the video were written simultaneously. So it's pretty self-explanatory, but going through it, I mean, you get the vibe right away. In the dark, you hear it calling out to you can't resist the power flowing through in the dark you hear it calling out to you can't resist the power flowing through so that's just this 
it's this calling out. The darkness is calling you. Sometimes we feel that in us. Hold on. Don't let go. Time to claim your true destiny. We've waited for you. Welcome to the night. Hold on, don't let go. That was kind of, that did come later. I think I wrote the gist of the lyrics prior to that. And I was looking for just some simple words in the chorus that had some desperation in them. Hold on, don't let go. So again, desperate words. Hold on, don't let go. It's time to claim your true destiny. It's time to be who you are. We've waited for you. The spirits have waited for you. Welcome to the night. You are a creature of the night, whether you like it or not. That's the meaning behind that. Second verse. In the shadows, Satan's minions await. So beware. You must prepare before it's too late. In the shadows, Satan's minions await. So beware. You must prepare for it's too late. I think I said for it's too late. You know, sometimes you have to condense words in a song. They sound a little bit more pleasing to the ear. Certain vowel sounds or certain words when they're shorter might not always make sense when reading them. But that line is basically, you know, those were the thugs that were coming to to fuck up their life. Those are Satan's minions. So it's kind of like, you know, when you're talking about welcome to the night, automatically you're thinking like, oh, this is an evil thing. And, you know, we're calling it we're Johnny's being called to the dark side. And yes, he is being called to the dark side, but the dark side means a lot of different things. And the darks, what the dark side means to the mainstream is not what the dark side means to people like us. And when referencing Satan's minions, those are the thugs that are trying to fuck them up, take Amy's purse, and do whatever the hell else they're going to do to her. Those are the devil's children. So it's like, yeah, this guy is coming over to the dark side, but there's something darker in the shadows that are trying to take control of him. Hold on. Don't let go. The time has come to be who you are. You have arrived. Welcome to the night. So, you know, most choruses have the same lyrics. This one has slightly different lyrics. So every chorus in this song has a different tale to it. Uh, the tale meaning the tail end of it. We call it a tale. So uh, pick that one up from Lars Ulrich. Hold on. Don't let go. The time has come to be who So same message in the first two choruses, just slightly different words to make it a little bit more interesting. And I'm glad that we did that. Well, we come up to the bridge. The lines feel the build of rage. Find the key to unlock this beast from its cage. Feel the build of rage. Find the key to unlock this beast from its cage. 
So this is the time where he's really getting pissed off. This this thing, this energy is setting him off, and it's time to fucking unleash the beast, and that's exactly what happens. So back into the third verse here. Your heart is racing. Hunger leads you on the prowl. Show your teeth. Unleash a bloodthirsty howl. Your heart is racing. Hunger leads you on the prowl. Show your teeth. Unleash a bloodthirsty howl. So again, after this, Amy's spooked. She bails. He doesn't do anything to her, but he's still this beast and he's out there and his heart is racing and he's bloodthirsty and he doesn't know why and he's confused and it's time to howl at the moon, howl at the sky, whatever. He's not a werewolf. He's not a vampire. He's just a combination of, of all of these things, of all of these things that, that we have inside of us that are screaming to come out. So last chorus here. Hold on. Don't let go. You only see what you want to believe. Like it or not, welcome to the blessed night. Yeah. Hold on. Don't let go. You only see what you want to believe. Like it or not, welcome to the blessed night. Yeah. That last yeah that I did is kind of like a, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's rock and roll. Sometimes you have to say yeah. Sometimes you have to scream yeah. That's what rock and roll is about. And it fits, especially with Armand's great little bendy guitar line there. So I have one more thing I want to get into. And it's about that ending part of the song. This part. Welcome to the blessed night. Yeah. So most of you Night Demon fans and Night Demon heavy metal podcast listeners, you've probably noticed one of the ads that plays on our show advertising the Buzz After Dark radio show, which is a show that's featured on the FM rock station 102.9 The Buzz out of Nashville, Tennessee. So you might have heard that. You might have wondered how or why we got a major market corporate rock station as an advertiser on the show. Um, We didn't actually. And it's a kind of a weird story. It has to do specifically with this part of the ad. Breaks come out at night, that's for sure. The buzz after dark. So I'll let Dusty tell you the story and I'll give you some details afterwards. Um, so I I get a message from Christopher Williams, drummer of Accept. Uh, we had toured with Accept, and I know Christopher pretty well and keep in touch with him. And he text messages me one day and says, Hey, um, did you have a song called Welcome to the Blessed Night? And I was like, um, No, we have a song called Welcome to the Night. Uh, but and I, and I knew that that's what he says at the end of the song, but I'm like, that's kind of weird that he would just hit me up about that. And then he writes me back and he says, well, you know, there's a, there's a sound clip on this commercial that I hear all the time here in Nashville. And it sounds just like Jarvis's voice. And he says, welcome to the blessed night. So then I don't know, a couple of days passed and I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't really say anything. And then I get a message 
or a video message from Christopher then a couple of days later and he's he's got the like the back half of the commercial and boom there's the clip for the end of Welcome to the Night with Jarvis saying that and I was like well goddamn that is the song and he's like I knew it was and I was just like that's crazy so I let Jarvis know and I played him the clip and then he got a hold of uh Nesbit and Nesbit ended up finding the uh, whole commercial, which we use in the podcast now. So they used our sound clip and we ended up uh, giving them some um, free publicity by, you know, using their ad on our podcast. But I just thought it was really funny that, you know, we haven't even really played in Nashville all that much, but for them to know that um, that's our song and it kind of, works pretty well for their um, commercial. Thought it was pretty cool, so. So in that ad, you can clearly hear the ending of the Night Demon song, Welcome to the Night, which we're covering in this episode. So they didn't really ask the band. They just kind of clipped that out and stuck it in their, uh, you know, their ad, which isn't that big a deal if maybe they play some Night Demon on their station. So representatives from Night Demon have reached out to the program director, Chris Atticus, with this, like, simple message of... If you want to take our music without asking us to use for your advertisements, you might as well add the song into your rotation and play the full version on air. And the band has yet to hear a reply. It might never get one. So, we're calling on you, the loyal, faithful fans of Night Demon, Night Demon supporters all over the world, to get Welcome to the Night officially added to the 102.9 The Buzz daily rotation. So all you have to do is text the buzz text and request line, and it's uh, area code 615-399-1029, and request Night Demon's song, Welcome to the Night. So let's see if we can make something happen. Get Night Demon on the map in Nashville. The band played there once, I think it was to like 15 people in a coffee shop, they told me. Nashville, they say, is the music capital of the world, so why not have the best new band in heavy metal properly represented there. So again, let's get the army together and spread the word. Text area code 615-399-1029. Request Night Demon song, Welcome to the Night. Tell them that you heard their commercial, their advertisement, and that you heard Night Demon, and you want to hear the whole song. I think it'd be cool if we can get this to happen. It'd be really cool. So that's the song breakdown for Welcome to the Night opening track from Darkness Remains. We still have a lot to cover. The intro, the single art, and there's some really cool Night Demon history that comes out of that. And we're going to really dig into the music video, what it's about, the story behind it. We have tons more to talk about on Welcome to the Night. It's going to have to wait for next week for part two. Also, don't forget, with Welcome to the Night, when we dug into the archives, there's a ton of bonus content. That'd be for subscribers in the subscriber area of nightdemon.net for the full demos and a ton more. But that's it for this week, and welcome to the night part one. This is Nesbitt, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. 
Head over to nightdemon.net, click on the subscriber tab, and sign up to access exclusive weekly bonus content. If you would like to donate to support the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, you can do so through PayPal at paypal.me slash nightdemonmetal. Additionally, if you have not already done so, please subscribe, like, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Unbearable suspense keeps you on the edge of an abyss of terror. Take a cult film odyssey into cinemadness with Cinematic Void. Based in Los Angeles, Cinematic Void is a film series that specializes in horror and exploitation films. Currently, we are hosting Cinematic Void Up All Night in the Cinemadness Movie, a monthly virtual screening series, as well as the Cinematic Void podcast, where we dive deeper into the world of cult cinema. You can find Cinematic Void on the World Wide Web at cinematicvoid.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like what we do, you can support Cinematic Void by joining our Patreon. Until next time, see you in the void.